Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. I just feel like a pitch, Halloween, a time change, and an election are too much for one week. I know. I wish I could just be put in a medically induced (laughs) coma for several days and wake up when it's all over. Oh, I'm with you. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we're going to talk about a key insight into the negotiating process that we recently learned listening to Michael Melcher's podcast, Career Stewardship. In Take a Hike, we discuss why reinstituting one thing is helping us fight pandemic fatigue. Then Sarah gives her daughter Violet a pandemic-related hit, and I have a reading bomb. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack will help you get your hair Zoom ready without a ton of effort. But before we get into all of that, we want to wish everyone happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. Of course, uh, Sarah, this is unlike any Halloween any of us (laughs) has experienced. Jack is going to trick or treat in our backyard. Nice. How's that going to work? You're just going to like put candy out, like almost like Easter? I'm not sure yet. (laughs) But I just know it'll be in our backyard. (laughs) How about you and Violet? We are going to do a scavenger hunt, I think. I found a little scavenger hunt thing on Pinterest, and I'm going to do that. And we're not going to do all candy. It's going to definitely, of course, be candy because it's Halloween. But there will be a couple non-candy things as well. Nice. And we wanted to share a question from a member of our Facebook group who asked other HIHers for advice about how to deal with Halloween, because we have a feeling a lot of people are going to be having this exact same question. Yes. So this comes from Darren. She said, HIH peeps, will you please share some Zoom Halloween costume ideas? We are being encouraged to dress up for the work staff meeting on Zoom the day before Halloween. I think it's going to feel really weird to wear a costume all day at work from my home office, but is there something fun and not too expensive, say under $50, I can order online and put on before the meeting? It's been so long since I dressed in costume, I have no ideas at all. I would love if you could share some of your 
yours? So Darren got so many fun answers. We want to share a few. This one is from Cassie, which I just thought was funny. She said, a hazmat suit seems appropriate for this year. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. And then Mary said, I feel like you could go all out on your background and keep your costume minimal. Wear black and add a witch hat. But if behind you is a cottage with a cauldron, it sells it more and you don't have to do much. So I thought that was a clever way to use Zoom to your advantage. Yeah. Angela says, wear all pink and tie a running shoe on your head. You are bubblegum. So I thought that was funny. And Aaron said, put a green sheet behind you and wear a green shirt and use the green screen option for virtual background. And you can go as a floating head. Yeah, the floating head is my favorite, (laughs) although it's way more involved than anything I would ever do. I'm with all the people who suggested she just wear a headband with horns. Or a unicorn horn and call it a day. We have a lot of those headbands in my house. I could just wear cat ears that Violet has. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Happy Halloween, everybody. And send us a picture of yourself in your amazing Zoom costume. We'd love to see those. Yes, please. I'm going as a Cillipoint cup. I'm going to wear tie-dye. Ah, there you go. (laughs) That's a great idea. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's an insight into negotiating that we got from our friend Michael Melcher's podcast, Career Stewardship. The insight is that many of us don't get as good of a deal as we can because we have a dire need for closure. Mm. As soon as I heard that, I was like, ding, 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 that's us. (laughs) Yes, it's so us. And we are going to put that point into the context of being a thinker or a feeler when it comes to negotiation. But before we discuss, we wanted to mention that we recorded an episode of Career Stewardship that dropped on Wednesday. Wednesday, October 28th. So give it a listen and listen to the rest of Michael's podcast. It is full of practical, useful information. Yes. Okay. So back to negotiating. We've talked about negotiating before. In episode 107, we talked about the wish, want, walk method with entertainment lawyer Michael Donaldson, which is an incredibly helpful tool to use when you're approaching a deal. This is a little different. Michael Melcher and his colleague, Rebecca Zucker, talked about how there are thinkers and feelers when it comes to negotiation. Thinkers are more comfortable with conflict and negotiation. They make decisions based on a desire to be logical. Sarah, I was thinking our old boss, Sean Ryan from The Shield, is the definition of a thinker. Absolutely. As soon as you started talking about what thinkers are like, I had the same thought. That is just, that's so Sean. And then what are feelers, Liz? Feelers want harmony and want to be liked. They make decisions based on the impact on other people or strongly held values. So us. We are feelers. (laughs) Yes. We are feelers. Yeah. And as feelers, we feel this dire need for closure. We worry, and Sarah, I mean, how many discussions have we had? We worry people will get mad or have their feelings hurt or think we don't care about a project if we hold out for what we think we deserve. Yes. And, I mean, of course, the people that you're negotiating with, they know that, They know that people like us have this need for closure, and they use that to get us to cave sooner than we should. 
Which, I mean, of course they do. It's a strategy for them to make thinkers like us crazy. We recently experienced this like in a in a negotiation where we just were like, much of it was just us sitting and waiting for a response. And it makes us, it, it just puts us so off kilter. Yeah, and what we realized is, yeah, not responding is a strategy in and of itself. Yeah. Because it makes the person on the other end feel that this the party who's not responding, that doesn't really care about this deal, which then makes the other person anxious. And it goes both ways. Yes. Although we're not good at making other people wait. We're so like, you know, which is something we should think about. <laughs> no, because we have this need for closure. We're yeah. like, whether it's going to happen or not, we just want to know. And in fact, we have passed on deals before because we're like, you know what? It would be way too hard to get from here to there. Let's just pass and be done with this thing. Yes, we've done that <laughs> many times. And we may have ended up with a good deal had we just had the stomach to yeah. wait. Yeah, so now that we know this about ourselves, we can combat our own natures in future negotiations. Yes, and you just have to accept there is an anxiety in not knowing it can make your stomach churn. It can keep you up at night. I feel it in my jaw, just yeah. the anxiety of not knowing. But I would rather have a tense jaw than a bad deal. Liz, I feel it in my ass because the tension of waiting results in me eating more sourdough bread, for example, uh, than I would eat. Yes. Anna likes to have potato chips in the house, which I usually don't have. Uh, so yeah. there is potato chip eating happening during that time. Um, okay, well, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you know I do. Well, Sarah, I am hoping that now that we just see this, yeah. like, and we can look at it rationally, that the more we exercise muscle to just wait and not have this need for closure, the easier it will get, the less personal it will be. We've also talked on the podcast about how important it is to remember that it's business, it's not personal. Right. We will become better negotiators. Absolutely. And I think also it's it's about the team that you have to support you. JR was on the podcast recently, our lawyer, and having a lawyer who is not a feeler yeah. makes a real right. difference, who is going to help us work against our own self-defeating <laughs> nature yeah. in negotiations is also huge. So it's just like having the awareness of that. Having the stomach and our deal, this deal that we're specifically talking about that has made us realize that we are feelers, finally did close. It closed yesterday. And at the end of the day, it's a fair deal for everyone. And yes. that's all we're, anyone's trying to get is a deal yeah. that works for all parties where everyone can walk away feeling good. Because what you don't want to do is agree to a bad deal and then resent the whole thing. Right. And have that sort of spill over into your daily life. So, yes. well, I am dying to know, all of you out there, are you a thinker or a feeler when it comes to negotiations? Do you share our dire need for closure? <laughs> we want to know. Email us or send a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Coming up, we talk about what we're doing to fix our busted give-a-dams. But first, this break.
Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, where we talk about physical, spiritual, or mental health. And this week, it's physical health and mental health. And it's this, reinstitute one thing. Yes, we are seven months into the safer at home part of this pandemic. <laughs> and it seems likely there are many more months to go, at least in some fashion. Yeah. And we talked about some of the things that we're letting slide during the pandemic in episode 175 in our segment about busted give-a-dams. But now we want to fix our busted give-a-dams. Yes. And we realized this week that we have both, without even kind of intentionally doing it, we've both reinstituted one thing, one thing from our pre-pandemic lives that made our physical and mental health better. So what did you do? I reinstituted my no carbs before 11 rule, mm. which was like when I first decided, okay, I have to be healthier. I want to focus on my health and well-being. The first thing that my doctor said to do was to have no carbs before 11. And it sort of set me off on a really good path. And I was doing that for years, like for years. For at least like six years, I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, at least like four. So I have started that again. Sometimes I'm intermittent fasting, but I'm not like making it a thing. But I'm hoping that I ease back into that as well. Now, Liz, what about you? What have you reinstituted? All right, Sarah, I have reinstituted weighing myself every day which I have to do or I just gain weight. I mean, it is just a fact. But when Safer at Home happened, like everybody, I was <laughs> eating a lot. I saw the scale going up. I didn't like what I saw. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to weigh myself the next few weeks. Well, you know, weeks turn to months. <laughs> right. and you know what happens. I actually checked when I last weighed myself before the other day, and it uh -huh. was March 5th. So wow. I went from March 5th to October 20th or something without weighing myself. And so now I will say the number is higher than it was March 5th. <laughs> um, but I am now weighing myself and logging it into my Noom. You know mm -hmm. how much I love that. Yeah. Every day. And I know, look, for some people, weighing is not a good thing. I'm not saying everybody needs to weigh themselves. But for me, it just makes me more mindful of what I'm doing, both in terms of exercise and eating. Yeah. And it's very helpful for me. And just reinstituting that, forget the number on the scale. I just feel more in control that I'm like 
having normal life. In normal life, I weigh myself every day. It just makes me feel good to take it back. Yes. I feel the same way about the no carbs before 11 thing. I, I Physically, I feel better. And I know that. Mm-hmm. But also, it's the sort of mental thing of, one, getting back to something that I used to do pre-pandemic. And... Two, just having that sense of control over that one thing. And obviously, it does not have to be about anything food-related or weighing-related. It could be about taking a social media break. It could be about reconnecting with friends. It could be about a lot of people I know who listen to Happier also listen to Happier in Hollywood, and they're walking 20 minutes a day. Maybe you've let go of that. Reinstitute that one thing. It can be any one thing that just makes you feel better. Yes. So reinstitute one thing now before the holidays when everything (laughs) flies out the window again. Exactly. Okay, Sarah, it's time for hits and bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And this week you have a hit for your daughter and I have a bomb for myself. So Liz, do you want to start with the bomb? Get the bad news out of the way? Yes. Okay. Well, Sarah, you and I recently discussed how we're trying to embrace our downtime when we have it and, you know, enjoy ourselves, even if it's during the week and not on a weekend. My plan for that downtime was to read, okay, novels. I have like a stack of novels that I'm dying to read. I want to read. I know that when I read them, I will get caught up and just float away in adventure. And instead, all of our downtime, which is now basically over, (laughs) I played games on my phone. (laughs) I didn't read one page. Right. That, you know, unless it was something work-related. Well, I mean, I get it. I get why you feel like you should have been reading and, you know, enriching your brain and all of those things. But I also feel like if what you needed during that time was to play games on your phone and really be sort of mindless, which we have so few opportunities to be, maybe that's okay. Well, except you know what I realized? I sort of was trying to analyze it. And I Uh think part of it was, you know, when I read a book that I'm into, I'm like, I, that's all I want to do. You know, I am that type of reader. Like I get just obsessive. Yeah. And I kept thinking that something was going to change and suddenly Mm. we were going to be plunged into work. And I had this anxiety about what if I'm halfway through Alaska by James Mishner (laughs) and suddenly we have to like gear up to work. I'm not going to enjoy that feeling. Right. So I sort of was like girding against that. So I don't know, but I You were letting the pressure of being a feeler when it comes to negotiations affect you. Yes. Exactly. So anyway, Mm. it it is what it is. Tell us about your hit, because you have a great hit. Okay, so I have a hit, just like a massive hit for Violet and for her nanny here in Minnesota, Anissa. We had a COVID scare last week. Anissa's fiancé, who she lives with, was exposed to COVID at work. His very close co-worker tested positive. And, I mean, we all just, as you would imagine... Mm -hmm completely panicked. And so Anissa had to take a week off. So first I want to give a huge hit to Anissa because she like 
tested twice. She was quarantining from her fiance, like they were in different parts of the house to just in case one of them was positive. Like they really took it very seriously, both of them, and did everything that they needed to do to kind of make sure everybody was safe. And and then Violet had to do remote schooling much more independently than she usually does. She was like mm. in her schoolroom, we were working, and she just kicked ass. She was so great and focused and got everything done. And I emailed her teachers to be like, just heads up, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of on her own. Please let me know if anything is wonky. And they, nothing came back. All the work got done. It was she was so great. Go Violet. I know she was like a little rock star, independent school Zoomer. And then I also want to add that one thing that we think was really key, Anissa's fiance and coworker, the one who tested positive, they both wear masks all day at work. And I mean, it just seems very obvious that that's got to be the thing that kept her fiance yes. from getting sick and Anissa from getting sick and therefore us from getting sick. So, yes. Yay, masks. So. Should anyone need more evidence that it's a good idea to wear a mask, just look at healthy Sarah and Violet exactly. and Anna. Yes. There's your evidence. Go masks. Well, I'm very glad that your house did not turn into a hot spot, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> Me too. And I'm very impressed with Violet. She rose to the occasion. She did. She was so sweet. She was awesome. Okay, next up, this week's Hollywood hack is great for Halloween or for every day, but first this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now it's time for this week's Hollywood Hack Overtone. Okay, Sarah, you're going to have to explain this because this is this is all you. <laughs> okay. Um, overtone is a temporary hair color. It's it's a conditioner that colors your hair. And it is so easy. And by the way, they have like crazy cool fun colors like purple and green and pink and blue and all that stuff. But they also have a brown, like a light brown and a dark brown, I think. So if you just want to use it to be like your regular chill hair color, you can do that as well. It's just so yeah. simple. And I have a friend who uses the brown and it just looks like she has highlights because it's just a, it, like it covers the gray and it's a little bit lighter than the rest of her hair, but it just looks like a highlight. It looks great. Yeah, it's really great. You can use it on, you know, the tips of your dog's ears. <laughs> Violet uses it for a little fun kind of color in her hair. We're big overtone fans. Yes. So, and it does wash out, right, Sarah? Yeah, it washes out eventually, but it's, it, you know, it stays for quite a while. All right. Overtone. We will link to it in our show notes. 
And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, king of remote recording. And thanks to everyone at Sankola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sankola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Oh, Liz, as we're recording this, I got an email that my new overtone order got delivered. So what color did you get? I got a brown, actually. Ah. I just got a purple for me and a blue for Violet. And then I also got a a brown for me. Interesting. This is not an ad. (laughs) From the Onward Project.